Welcome to Omnipotent Growth with Cal. I'm an acting leader for more than a decade and your leadership trainer and coach. Each week you'll hear exceptional stories and interviews, as well as actionable strategies and tactics that you can implement right away. I want to thank you for spending some time to grow as a leader. Hi guys, it's Cal from Omnipotent Growth. I'm very happy to welcome you in another episode of our podcast. Today's topic is public speaking in leadership and how to leave a mark. Uh, to give you a little bit of context, uh, why we think that uh, public speaking is important uh, for leaders. Um, I know that uh, many times, uh, for example, introverted person has a problem to be a good public speaker, but uh, this is totally a trainable skill, and it's it's very important to uh, connect with uh, with the audience. For example, if you have a larger team uh, and uh, a larger department, uh, sometimes to convey a message, a vision, or something, a shift, a change in your company, you have to do it uh, in an open manner and in a way that mm-hmm. uh, everybody would understand and with, uh, will leave with something for them in the end of your speaking. So. To start off, uh, I want to say hi, Stefan. Hi, Cal. So, uh, another great topic again. Um, as we said a couple of episodes before, uh, communication skills uh, are uh, not a soft skill anymore. They're essential uh, to relay your message to uh, persuade the public. So, part of it is uh, of this is uh, the fear of public speaking. I've recently learned that there is even a word for this fear. It's called glossophobia. So uh, most of us, even those at the top, sometimes struggle with with public speaking anxiety. Before we dig deeper into the topic, I want you, Kyle, to tell me your experience in in public speaking. What is the the largest audience you've speaked in front of? Yeah, so the audiences are almost uh, completely different depending on the situation and the occasion. Uh, the largest maybe is uh, around 500, 600 people. Oh. And uh, yeah, yeah, I've been, uh, my portfolio in uh, public speaking is uh, very diverse. Uh, and um, luckily for me, because I had plenty of experiences to um, to, to refine after that because every mm-hmm. every type of uh, setting uh, brings a new type of challenge. And then um, I even had to do it without a microphone at times because of a technical problem, for example. And then you have to switch your mindset and uh, uh, the outwording, the, the, the tone that you use and uh, how you stand and so on. But... Um, in, in as I said, in different settings, uh, you should uh, think about the the things that will impact your speech the most. And uh, sometimes the the most uh, intense speeches are in front of a small audience. And this mm-hmm. is when you are talking about a subject. Like if you are talking about a general presentation, uh, and here is the the moment that I want to stress out. What is the difference between a finite presentation and a workshop presentation? Uh, if you are on a tribune in front of a board or in front of uh, 
people that are going to judge what, what you present, then you need to have a finite product. There is no uh, uh, place for any improvisation there. So yeah. you have to be prepared uh, beforehand. You have to uh, think all the different angles beforehand and uh, whatever improvisation you do, you must do it in, in your trainings or in your repetitions mm -hmm. because uh, this is the way you're going to get uh, the most out of it. But uh, it's uh, definitely not the place to do it on the day you're presenting. And then yeah. there is, uh, uh, so this is the difference in, in uh, preparation. And then there is uh, the other uh, type of presentation, more the workshop type of presentation where you are expecting some interaction. So you're expecting uh, that uh, questions might be asked that are not uh, uh, correlating with the topic itself uh, mm -hmm. or they're a bit off topic or something like that. Uh, so there you have to leave a place for improvisation and um, the mindset is different because uh, if you enter the stage knowing that uh, you can talk about everything, then you're going to be more relaxed and uh, you know that uh, it's not a uh, one-take event. So yeah. whatever is said, whatever is uh, uh, like um, explored on that stage will be part of the experience and it's expected mm -hmm. to be like that. So um, there is a different type of preparation there. Uh, the, the one that I like the most uh, and this is uh, bringing different contexts and different angles to, to one topic that is, um, for example, seen in a more um, collective way from the, the audience. But then uh, I try to bring uh, new angles and uh, to, to provoke questions and to, to spark mm -hmm. a discussion. Yeah, so yeah. In, uh, in summary, it's quite, quite um, different between the two types of, uh, of presenting yeah. and it's quite different uh, when the audience is in a small room or in a big hall and yeah. um, now the, the, the new normal online. Because yeah. when you're well, online, yeah, there is a, a whole we'll get, different yeah. stuff <laughs> that yeah. you need to do. We'll get into the details later on. Uh, mm. Now I want to bring up some uh, history, uh, so to say, uh, of the do. year of, <laughs> of public speaking. One of the theories uh, states that uh, the fear of public speaking is inherent in our genes uh, from the prehistoric times when humans uh, perceived uh, eyes directed towards them as a direct threat from predators. So in such situations, the amygdala, which is the part of our brain that is responsible for the fight or flight reaction, kicks in fully and uh, literally paralyzes us. We start breathing shallowly, our faces become red, and we start even shaking sometimes. So, mm -hmm. for example, I completely forget my English uh, mm -hmm. in front of an audience. So, um, another factor for the public speaking fear is um, the people's beliefs about public speaking and about themselves as speakers, viewing the speaking event as a potential threat to their credibility, to their image, mm -hmm. and to their chance to reach an audience. 
So the risk of rejection by a group of observers uh, comes from a nation fear of being rejected by one's clan, uh, which once met being left on your own and face roaming again predators, uh, which is a death sentence at the time. Um, mm. So I would suggest that first we, we start our uh, conversation with um, some techniques uh, how how to calm the body the the physical part uh, on on the top of my tongue is the deep breathing um, I'm also hearing something about uh, visualization like you should uh, imagine the room the audience your performance in in a couple of days in advance every day uh, shift your focus from from your internal fear to the message itself that you want to convey any other advices uh come from from your side well so i have uh, tried different uh, approaches mm-hmm. so the most effective ones i have uh, from my sports career like my arm wrestling um, um, almost professional level of of competing. So I've been in world arm wrestling, European arm wrestling championships. Uh, I've played with uh, the best of the best. And Mm -hmm. uh, the things that uh, you do, so there is uh, something called uh, the Wim Hof uh, preparation. And this is um, inhaling deeply and, mm-hmm. and doing it fast, and then re- just releasing the uh, the breath. Like it, it goes something like. Is this through the mouth or uh, through the nose? No, it's just through the mouth. Just through mm-hmm. the mouth. You you're inhaling deeply with force, but then you're just letting it go you're not exhaling mm-hmm. it you're just letting it go and it's okay. um, um, it's and inflating to the maximum and then it's deflating to the point uh, that you need to to contain your oxygen levels this is mm-hmm. a self-regulating mechanism and um, what this does is that um, you Try and get in the zone, and this is the, your first cue because you know habits are made by cues. And um, to to design the habit of speaking in public, uh, you need to have uh, your own ritual. So my my mm-hmm. ritual, there are plenty of uh, of uh, tactics out there, but um, my personal ritual to give uh, the audience something uh, that they can implement right away and uh, try it out. My personal ritual starts with this type of breathing. Then it goes to, uh, if I have the space, I'm doing uh, 10 squats because it's very wow. important for me to uh, have the, the blood flow all over my body and to, to, uh, to feel my, my limbs uh, that they're um, uh, in, in tonus and uh, that they have uh, the proper blood flow. This, this also um, is a fact for the brain because when... You increase the blood flow in all ends, like head, mm-hmm. uh, fingers, and and uh, your legs. You you get a, a better oxygen inflow, and uh, the legs are the the biggest muscle that you you can uh, 
склад и на съща момент. So this is the second and the third one that many people don't know, but uh, I'm wearing uh, earbuds now, but when you massage uh, mm-hmm. the soft part of your ear and mm-hmm. uh, you massage it firmly on, on both ends and there are uh, a lot of neuron uh ends in, in in that parts and it, mm-hmm. it uh, releases the tension and it gives you a more calm set of mind and uh mm-hmm. when you are in in this stage of um of doing your ritual then when i touch my ears i know that um ready to to do whatever and uh, mm-hmm. i know that i'm in a flow state so It will be whatever happens. It's it's the best version of what can happen, anyways. Yeah. So that that uh, relieves some of, of of the tension that you have before speaking. Mm. So that, some... yeah, that... <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, no, sorry for interrupting you. Go ahead. Uh, I mean the, that there are other other things that uh, people try. Uh, I've heard uh, all sorts of uh, like uh, trying to meditate beforehand. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is, uh, for, for me, it's not the ideal uh, time because, you know, that we have different uh, brain waves. And when I meditate, I tend to try and go to alpha. And this is uh, definitely not, not uh, the presenting mode of my brain. Mm-hmm. So there I can create ideas, there I can uh, really concentrate and uh, uh, go deep into a subject or... Uh, mm-hmm. pick uh, different types of uh, areas of my brain to, to create an idea but mm-hmm. uh, f- for presenting definitely I need better I need to be aware I need to be mm-hmm. uh, on top of uh, my subject I need to, to know what comes next uh, in my mm-hmm. speech so in our conversations we are uh, halfway prepared halfway uh, doing um, some experimentation and some improvisation yeah, exactly yeah but uh, this is because we we make a, a workshop type of uh, showcase and uh, mm-hmm. if if uh, it's a presentation in which uh, it's going to be decided uh, if uh, they give us venture capital for example i'll be <laughs> i'll be preparing uh, even the breathing with the, uh, between my words so it's yeah. uh, it makes a lot of difference yeah yeah <laughs> How important is the uh, when you started talking about preparation? Uh, how important is the not the preparation because obviously it's it's of paramount importance, but uh, the rehearsal and how many days in advance you start uh, rehearsing? How do you rehearse for a for a public mm-hmm. speech? Yeah, so the the first and most important thing. Uh, that uh, you need to do is to know wh- where you're presenting, to whom, to, to be able mm-hmm. to uh, craft your um, vocabulary and the, the way you express yourself. And also mm-hmm. the, the third most important is the time box. You need to know how m- much time do you have for your presentation. And there mm-hmm. you have the frame from the rehearsal. To start off, Depending on the type of, uh, of speech that you are giving, uh, if you know that you are going to give a TED talk, uh, I suppose that you're going to start and prepare a few months beforehand. 
But uh, then if you are having uh, uh, impromptu presentation of uh, great importance uh, from, uh, uh, let's say, Wednesday to Friday, you're going to uh, maximize the time that you have, the free time that you have in between or by free, I mean depending on the on the importance and the priority, you you might uh, have to free some time, because um, work operational work is uh, the thing that we should do to uh, get somewhere. But uh, to get somewhere, we we need uh, to point the flag and uh, to um, express our idea, express our message, or deliver something that is asked for for us to to get something back and to yeah mm -hmm. so you need to prioritize that but um, your question was uh, how 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 important it is and uh, the yeah the rehearsal itself the rehearsal yeah so the rehearsal you need to time yourself uh, you need to map out uh, the the chunks I always separate to 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 either bullet points, um, not always to slides because uh, sometimes it's one slide with uh, five bullet mm -hmm. points. But uh, out of those five bullet points, you have a lot of stuff that you want to um, say, yeah. convey. Let's say, mm -hmm. and um, the preparation it really depends on the case. But uh, I, I say that it's it has to fit in the time. And it has to mm -hmm. uh, give all the the important messages that you want to say. Mm -hmm. Like with every bullet and or every swipe, I'm uh, outlining the most important things that I want to convey. I want to say, and I don't want to miss, for example, uh, a metaphor uh, that is going to illustrate uh, some very important point for me. And uh, uh, it will be a big loss if I, I if I missed it because I haven't uh, rehearsed yeah. it enough to know that it should be there. Yeah, keep 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 your thoughts about the the metaphor uh, because uh, my my next question is um, mm -hmm. directed uh, to to this, uh, uh, which is the the essence of the public speaking. Uh, so the goal of public speech is not only to inform uh, your audience about something, but to provoke thoughts, actions, memories, change emotions. Uh, mm -hmm. So we must be persuasive. Um, as you know, public speaking was well developed in uh, ancient Greece. Uh, the first rules of a public speech were prepared by uh, Aristotle, who uh, uh, speaks of uh, three parts of, of uh, persuasive uh, public speech. The first is the, the ethos. Uh, which is uh, when the speaker should possess a certain level of knowledge about the chosen topic and, sh and of course, uh, it should be conveyed to the public. Uh, that's why we started uh, our conversation with, uh, with my question about your experience in the, mm. in the public speaking. Uh, mm. Then uh, the second part is the, yeah, is the logos. Uh, which is to make sure the message uh, is received and understood correctly by the audience. So it should be related in a clear, informative, and logical manner. And the third mm -hmm. part, according to Aristotle, is the pathos, which is the emotional connection uh, with, uh, with your listeners or viewers. Mm -hmm. uh, so 
I want to ask you from a practical point of view, uh, are there any uh, essential parts uh, of, of a public speech that we should not omit in, in any case, or, or any other parts that we shall include to make uh, our speech more intriguing and engaging for, for our audience. You, you started off with, uh, with um, mm, metaphors, so that's, this is my question. What, mm. what else shall we, shall we include in, in, in our speech to, to be? Yeah, Meta metaphors are, are quite good because uh, they uh, give a more accurate uh, perception of something that uh, the audience might not fully understand. Like mm -hmm. if you want to give a point, I, I always, um, to give an example for when I'm, I'm presenting or I'm speaking about nutrients and uh, people always wonder uh, what is the difference, right? Uh, what should I eat uh, to, to, to have more power, more explosive power? What should I eat uh, to, to be more lean? What should I eat to have uh, mm -hmm. more endurance and then so, so on and so forth? And uh, I always uh, tell the story on the where the fire is your burning system, the, the system that is uh, making uh, energy out of uh, everything that you eat. Mm -hmm. And uh, into the fire, you have three options. You can put you you can put hay, which burns very bright and very hard, but uh, it it burns out very fast. So these are the mm. carbohydrates. Yeah. Then you you can put. Uh, wood uh, which burns good and uh, uh, but it's very essential as a as a material so you mm -hmm. you have to be wise with it so this is the protein the protein mm -hmm. uh, leaves first uh, when you are depleted from uh, supplements uh, the muscles always eat each other first uh, because they're uh, the, the the gold of, of, of the our organisms and then you have uh, the charcoal and the charcoal mm -hmm burns with a very high temperature and burns for a lot of time uh, and uh, the charcoal is the fat in That's, that case. Yeah. So mm. this type of metaphor leaves people with uh, the, the idea, the visualization of what mm. uh, nutrients are for the body and they have, uh, mm -hmm. um, they don't have a second thought when, when they see one of the three uh, ingredients uh, on how they are going to affect uh, the, their process of uh, yeah, of consuming uh, something to eat. So uh, this is quite good. If you are good in crafting uh, metaphors like that, uh, you are always going to leave an impression in the presentation uh, because you're going to leave a vision. And uh, one of the, the best things that you might want to do, of course, for strictly business presentations, this is uh, not something that uh, is uh, easily applicable. Uh, if you're very tight with, with uh, those uh, higher-ups, uh, it, it might work, but um, otherwise it might just be strange for them. So mm -hmm. you, you have to keep this in mind. But um, if you are including all of the senses, like if you're uh, making a picture in which people should uh, imagine a smell, imagine uh, a sound, imagine uh, a picture, something visual, and then imagine a feeling. So that, there you go. You you are uh, achieving uh, uh, the best. So if you include taste, so it's the, called the vacok. So those are the the senses that we have. The 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 most uh, 
primal senses that that we have and that uh, we will leave a mark uh, f- uh, for us uh, when we connect them all into one thing. Mm. Uh, and uh, that that is also in in a very high uh, impact on on what you can do on a presentation, yeah, but it sometimes loses edge and sometimes loses sense if it's not uh, built into a um, story like if mm. it's not built into into the the idea of the presentation if it's not uh, uh, grading and uh, living metaphors in the way uh, it, it might be something uh, out of nowhere and it might lose the impact. So it should be very well thought of and it should be uh, right on the spot. Uh, in the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and this, this is what I, what I think are the most important part when, when you're trying to leave a mark. Because if you're, yeah. if you're neat, uh, if you uh, go and uh, present uh, all the, the info that you have, so you, you you did a good job for for a university research paper, but uh, not so much for uh, leaving an impact uh, on people that uh, that you yeah, want to influence. Exactly, exactly. Okay, thanks. And uh, last but not least, uh, these days the majority of our uh, public speeches are accompanied by presentations, PowerPoint or Keynote. Uh, so um, I would like here to, to bring up the uh, Guy uh, Kawasaki's rule for effective business presentations. Uh, Guy Kawasaki is a prominent Silicon Valley capitalist, author and entrepreneur. And mm. um, he has uh, his famous 10 20 30 rule for effective business presentation uh, uh, so 10 stands for 10 slides uh, because there is no need to overcomplicate your presentations with too many minor fa- facts and uh, details 20 20 minutes uh, this is the longest amount of time your presentation should last in other words no more than two minutes per slide and uh, 30 is uh, 30 points. This is the minimum font size of uh, on your slides. Mm. So, um, do you have any other advices uh, on PowerPoint or keynote presentations? Yeah. So, for the presentation itself, uh, 20 minutes sounds about right. So, uh, a usual or normal TED talk is uh, 18 minutes. This is scientifically proven that uh, it's it's the best time spent to to keep attention and mm. to uh, not overflow the 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 operational memory of of the audience because you know mm. that um, when something is the in the operational memory you have to leave space so it can go into the long term memory and then um, the font I really agree with that it should be large. But mm-hmm. something that uh, I didn't hear uh, in Guy Kawasaki's method is uh, uh, the visuals. So if I have 10 slides, I would mm-hmm. like at least five to, to have a visual on them and uh, mm-hmm. to convey the message uh, into a visual. It might be charts in some cases if it's more business oriented. 
but uh, or a graph or something that is uh, um, presenting a point, or it might be just purely an image uh, that will leave uh, some sort of a sense uh, behind the message that you want to yeah. give to the to the audience. So th- this is something that I I really want to uh, stress that uh, images are your friend when you want to create a, a good impression, a story, and uh, something that uh, will leave a mark uh, in your presentation. Because everything else will, the, the, the slides and the text will just disappear in time. Maybe yeah, some of the knowledge the will, mm-hmm. yeah, but the image will stay. Because, yeah, yeah the I- image words, uh, at least a thousand words, uh, right? But uh, uh, it's even more. Because through the image, sometimes when you, when you connect it with, in the other senses, you are managing to to create uh, an idea about uh, what this image represents. Then it's, mm-hmm. uh, it holds to too many things in your brain and it forms a little bit of myelin in, in that connection. So it, uh, it's saved mm-hmm. in, yeah. the, in the hard drive. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, yeah th- this is uh, the, the, the main thing. And also one more. Uh, I guess one more pointer in the Mm -hmm. um, presenting when you're presenting uh, on a forum or when you're presenting on a certain stage in which uh, you'll be more than one. Mm -hmm. If, if the, the um, event itself or the, the community that uh, or committee that is organizing the presentations, if they, if they don't give you a, certain uh, frame in which you have to make your presentation, uh, consult with them and uh, contact with the others that we are, that are going to um, present also because mm-hmm. the styles, uh, it's, it's best if it's a long, long time event for, for the whole day, the styles mm-hmm. is good to be uh, very similar. So you okay. have different messages, but uh, if you have uh, five presentations with uh, totally different styles, uh, uh, totally different arrangements, it, it will create more chaos than, the, mm-hmm. than retention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, the, the winner might be one that is uh, more uh, than the others, but it's a bit of a lottery. So you want <laughs> yeah. you, you to be... Uh, uh, on, on the side of, of the collective good in such situations. Exactly, exactly. <coughs> but this is also subject to uh, uh, to an organization. I mean, from from the event organizers, they should take care of uh, to coordinate between the different presenters so that mm. uh, there is a coherent vision and so on. Uh, yeah, even if okay. it's only you, even if it's only you, and you are invited to different types of events. Uh, mm-hmm. Just make your your style like consistent. Mm-hmm. Start with mm-hmm. something and go with it. Uh, if you change it, change it on a yearly basis. Don't change it on a mm-hmm. presentation we, to the presentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and uh, and from from practical point of view, uh, today we are more in the online world, uh, especially now in this pandemic situation. Uh, I know you 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 recently uh, have been doing a lot of online presentations uh, to your board. Uh, is there any 
there is but uh, what is uh, uh, what is your your advice on on uh, the online presentations because they're a bit different than the than the offline ones mm. yeah so for online presenting a few few things are essential uh, you need to have uh, a way to show your face so it shouldn't be only slides you have to okay. find the right tool to present in a way that uh, you you can express yourself and people can see your face your uh, uh-huh. emotional state uh, during the presentation if you give a, a subtle smile or or something when you're fired up about something uh, it's good to be framed uh, i prefer if uh, if it's for a presentation to be a, a bit a little bit uh, uh, of uh, like to have a space between the camera and me because uh, i want to uh, have the energy of the full upper body uh, but uh, in the end, um, it's very important to see your face. So the lightning is very important. You have to uh, think of source of light uh, to your face. If it's murky, uh-huh. um, then uh, you, you're not um, you're not standing out that well, uh, uh-huh. and the attention is is lowered. Those simple things uh, are you you cannot believe how how much. Uh, uh, they can lower the attention of yeah. <laughs> of uh, how much people are listening because mm. it's now a time in which uh, people can decide to turn off uh, their cameras and uh, lay on the couch, for example, and just listen. And uh, mm. this is uh, you want to grab them in the first uh, 30, 40 seconds. So this is for the mass presentations, of course, when you're uh, on a higher level with higher stakes, uh, uh, then everybody is listening closely. So there is even more important because you're showing that uh, your intentions for that presentation uh, are serious. Um, another thing uh, that I think is very important is um, to be able to uh, speak uh, on a on a good uh, microphone with a with a good tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to be to be sure that, that you are heard and uh, mm-hmm. uh, not to be speaking in a direction in which uh, the microphone is not uh, um, catching your full uh, volume, your full body of uh, of tone and of voice, and um, it's difficult to to imagine it. But uh, trying to keep face contact instead of so you have a, a, a camera in front of you, mm-hmm. maybe the webcam. Uh, or another camera, the the video conference camera. To make a great impression, you have to look uh, inside the lens. And um, mm-hmm. this is difficult for some, some people because you want to see how you look uh, on the screen. So you're looking at your uh, frame. But mm-hmm. uh, to make the best uh, impression, you have to look into the lens and mm-hmm. uh, trying to uh, really... Um, sometimes I imagine that uh, through the lens, the, behind the lens are all the people. So yeah. uh, I, I see him in, in one room and behind the lens uh, I can enter that room. So that's why I'm, I'm looking there and uh, uh, I'm trying to, to create uh, a facial contact. Yeah. Those are pure, all the major stuff and uh, then everything else still applies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Well, Carl, thanks uh, very much for, for this conversation. I think it was very useful. And uh, I would like to urge our audience to, to try some of the techniques that we, we were discussing uh, here. I think it would be very useful and make uh, their presentation 
uh, and public speech much more persuasive and uh, impactful. Thank you, Carl. Any final words for, from you? So, thanks, Stefan. Yeah, I think that uh, we covered uh, a good whole lot uh, for mm. one episode. Um, of course, you, you might want to get uh, in deeper research on, on some of the things that we are talking about, but uh, it really, it, it, it's up to uh, how do you manage to present yourself visually? This is maybe... 50% of, of uh, the whole presentation. Then the other 30 is uh, uh, how good is your rhetoric, like uh, how you're expressing yourself uh, mm-hmm. and how you are um, making the stories, uh, uh, creating the metaphors and uh, just uh, uh, trying to, to invoke uh, uh, all the senses of your audience and just 20% are what you're talking about. <laughs> like, yeah. you have to, to know your yeah. content. It's, it's obvious. Uh, but in the uh, information era, I don't uh, know if, you, if we are even in the information era still, uh, because I'm reading the work of uh, uh, Yuval Harari and uh, his book, uh, Homo Deus. Uh, I already mm-hmm. read it, but it, it suggests that uh, it's no longer the information era because... We, we have all the information now anyways, and it's mm. open for everyone. So the information is essential to know it, but uh, how to, to deliver it and uh, how to look yes. uh, when you're delivering it, uh, it's, it's the essential part. More important, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so thanks a lot, guys, uh, for sticking with us uh, in another episode of Omnipotent Growth with Cal. And uh, we'll be hoping to see you next week. Subscribe to our content and share it. Thank you. Thank you, guys.